Okie dokie, here we are again, Creation Care Podcast. Okay, so the last episode, I had my first guest, and because I'm an overachiever, this episode, I have two guests. (laughs) Yes, shout out to CT. All right, anyway, sorry. (laughs) So hello, everyone. My name is CT Anderson. This is the Creation Care Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We have brought back... Um, James Smith from the last episode because he was just so funny and so awesome and shared so much information. And then we brought another friend of mine, Alex Alcorn here, and she'll introduce herself shortly. Um, But I'm totally excited to have people wake up on a Saturday morning and come on over and hang out with me here in the podcast studio and join the Creation Care Movement. We're just really, really, really blessed and really excited. Um, So Alex, I want to introduce you as the making well, but I'm not sure if that's the right thing. That's fine. Okay, so the making well. And making well is exactly what it says. So introduce yourself, please, my friend. So I'm Alex Alcorn. I'm the founder uh, and owner of The Making Well, which is a tiny business that I just started. Uh, The Making Well uh, works on achieving social, economic, and environmental change through community organizing and creative reuse. Um, so we've got a lot of big, exciting things coming up this year. Uh, I also, uh, currently work with the city of Charlotte and do some sustainability work out of the city manager's office as the resilience fellow. And, uh, I'm currently also a fellow with the league of creative interventionists. Okay. So we have a lot of different touch points, Yeah, (laughs) but you said a lot of words. I did. So we just got to break them down. Yeah. Okay. So the making well, say that one more time, what your organization does. Sure. So the Making Well achieves social, economic, and environmental change through community organizing and creative reuse. Okay, community organizing. Yeah. Um, Barack Obama made that term popular. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that means from your organization's perspective? Sure. Community organizing is about uh, building capacity in communities, and that means bringing people together in spaces to build alignment around important issues, whether those issues be... Uh, related to sustainability, such as uh, reducing the use of materials that are going to the landfill, or it could be organizing folks to align themselves around affordable housing. So my organization focuses on uh, sustainability from a lens of uh, how the environmental sustainability movement intersects with economic issues and social issues. Community organizing is about uh, bringing resources where they're needed. It's about building leadership in communities and making sure that the movement is sustainable so that if I stepped out of this space, Mm -hmm. the movement would continue on. Right. And so you're doing that in your neighborhood and other communities? Yeah, I'd say throughout the city of Charlotte. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds cool. And you talked also about creative reuse. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Creative reuse is taking materials that have already been used for some purpose. So it might be um, like what I'm wearing. These earrings are made from uh, bicycle tubes. So there's an organization in Charlotte that does repairs of bicycles. You can um, mention them. We can give them a shout trips out. Trips for kids. Trips for kids. <laughs> yes. And they actually happen to be, we're in the Advent co-working yeah. space. They have a space here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They work out here. So they're they're su- super cool. And they do a lot of programming besides bicycle repair. Um they 
teach kids how to ride bikes safely. They do a lot of workshops for all ages on how to ride bikes safely, and they really promote sort of a cycling culture throughout the city, and they're a national organization. So we're lucky to have folks here doing that work. Um, Out of their shop. You got the tubes from them? Yes, out of their shop. They, um, as they repair bikes, they're constantly um, disposing of old bike tubes that have been punctured or um, some, for some reason aren't working. And so they gave me these tubes and I um, made these earrings out of them. Awesome. And so that's creative reuse. It's making something new out of something old. I love it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm all about it. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I talk about spring clean in some of my episodes, and spring clean does that with textile material. Yeah. And you and I, and I have done a couple pop-ups together. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to do more. Absolutely. Um, talk to me a little bit about the process to make those earrings. How long did that take? Not very long. Um, bike tubes are really easy to cut through. Okay. So I just use a small um, sort of sharp blade, and I made a little form so that the pairs look uniform, uh, I can probably make these earrings in 20 minutes. So I cut through the tubes and then I punch a hole in the tube once it is in this sort of diamond shape. And then I use jewelry, um, sort of jewelry pieces to make them into earrings. And Um, you bought the jewelry pieces or you found those as well? I bought the jewelry pieces. I'm still working on that piece of like, how can these earrings be fully repurposed? Right. Uh, So that would probably look like taking jewelry that I could find at uh, resale markets or flea markets and taking the pieces apart and then repurposing the hoops that go through the ear, the bead, the wire. Um, my approach to this work is that I'm trying to be imperfectly perfect. Yep. And so it's all about starting small in the ways that I can right now yeah. and then improving my practice over time. I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, there's a guy that I work with. His name is Andrew Wilson, mm-hmm. and he's currently an artist in residence at the McCall Center here in Charlotte, and Andrew and I have been making, we made a duffel bag and we made a pair of pants. I still have to post the pants. I wore them the other day. I was like so excited. I saw the photo of the duffel bag. It's amazing. It's so, it's sparkly and rainbow, which is all about what I'm all about. Absolutely. (laughs) Sorry, James, we're leaving you out of this conversation. Well, I I had a quick question. I'm like, do you have a hard time finding the raw materials or people willing to donate them to you? Uh, It's not too hard. I think that as I've talked to people about what I'm doing, there are a lot of people, a lot of like-minded people in Charlotte and the surrounding area right. who are already interested in or digging into this kind of work. And so oftentimes I find that there are people who have a, a material that they're trying to get rid of more responsibly, and it's about making those connections. Yeah. Do you think it will ever come to a point where they'll charge you for their waste product? Potentially. Okay. Um, a part of my model is that I'm donating portions, proceeds from each sale to trips for kids of this jewelry. And it would be the same for any other organization that gives me materials. So the idea is that the movement becomes sustainable economically through profit sharing and um, through really making sure that everyone is paid for their work. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who don't know, we had a discussion before we walked in about economics of sustainability. Yeah. And so... One of the issues, and I think one of the challenges, is in the early days, people are willing to give you materials because they perceive them have no value. value. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the minute they perceive they have value, then they start to charge. Mm-hmm. And that charge sometimes becomes overbearing, even though they were just throwing it out a week ago. Um, and I have a great story. I was at Harris Teeter a couple of nights ago. And I shouldn't have probably said Harris Teeter, but yeah. I'm going to say it. <laughs> and... Uh, 
I have a couple friends who run nonprofit organizations that deal with kids and hunger and things like that. Right. And I just happened to be there at around nine o'clock and the lady's throwing away all the bakery goods for that day. So I said to her, instead of throwing them out, could I have them? Yes. Because I work with kids who are impoverished and who are hungry. Yes. And she said, no. She said, but I'll sell them to you. I said, but you're throwing them out. I'm, all I'm doing is saying, don't throw them out. It's the I mean, American way. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, well, there's a rule against that. So I said, it's easier for you to throw them out than just give them to me and so that I could give them to some kids who could eat. And she's like, yes. Hmm. And I said, I just want you to think about this for three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Wow. Did and she change was, her mind? No, she did not. She just threw them out in front of me. And well, she, think yeah. about her perspective. She thought she'd be held liable if something happened to those children correct, as a result yeah. of eating those goods. Well, and I'll say this to be the skeptic in this one. It's that, and for those who know me, I always consider The Matrix, if anybody's ever seen that movie. It's one of I my favorites. Everyone's seen it. <laughs> that's where we are in a society. People don't, they go to work and all of a sudden they follow rules. That if they were not at work and I said the exact same thing, they would give me a totally different answer. Yeah. The fear isn't that she's worried about them getting sick. The fear is, could she get in trouble at work? Of course, as a result of them getting sick. Oh, no, forget, I don't think sick was in it. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there because you are not going to take this negative. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. I don't think think somebody thinks, oh, the kids are going to get sick. I think Of course, they're thinking thinking about liability associated with their own person. Yes, that's what I want to say. I think she's thinking about being fired. And we're going to give her the benefit of the doubt that she also felt that if the kids got sick, she would feel bad about it and she could get in trouble for that. Okay, I'll let you say that then. Okay, (laughs) back to, (laughs) but so like to round that out i think that the that the movement that i'm talking about that ct and i have met about and talked about so often is that uh locally and i know in other cities across the country and and the world there are individuals and small businesses or organizations nonprofits that are thinking about this and are willing to share resources in a fair way that's awesome and that's why i say that the this environmental movement right now in the context of repurposed materials is absolutely also about equity because we're talking about making sure that materials stay out of the landfill, but also that money stays within our local economies. So it's about really making sure that, you know, there's that these materials do have value and that um, we're transforming the space so that value is just shared more equitably among people. Yes. And it's acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And so, I was going somewhere before James interrupted. Oh my goodness. <laughs> about Andrew, because Andrew and I are working together on developing the templates to have people design their own things. Yeah. Um, and we would like to help those who, you know, maybe want a career in the what this is called the circular economy, mm-hmm. um, or create their own business or work for someone else to do this. Yeah. That's why I asked you how long it takes. Um, because he's yeah. also a jewelry maker. Okay. And so I want you guys to meet because he has like all the tools when it comes to like jewelry making. I would love that. And he could help us, you know, create some templates that we could share with others. Yeah. And part of the reason it it doesn't take me a lot of time is because I've been like playing with jewelry and making jewelry for a couple of years now. So I already had built up some of that skill set that I can wrap a bead or wire a bead pretty quickly. Yeah. So the learning curve is there, but it's also not a steep learning curve. And if anyone rides a bike, there are always like punctured tubes that 
you know, exactly. I go through yes, them really absolutely. frequently. And that's a great absolutely. material. And it's, again, it's so easy to work with. It's fun. I've been making necklaces too. And I've seen some really cool work people are doing. Yeah. I've seen things on Etsy or online. So it's, there's just a whole world of like creativity out there to be explored. Exactly right. James um, is from the organization Outdoor Afro Charlotte, and he's all about getting folks outside. And so how many bike tubes have you punctured in the last couple of years? James? A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you know, so, you know, tubes and things like that, you know, we, you know, they, the stores get them. I don't know what they do with them, but that's, I never really even thought about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, give me another tube. Yeah. You right. don't really think about the environmental impact of, Tire. Yeah, and I, I also believe in this work and, and acknowledging the work of sort of the work that came before me, the people who inspired me. So I was inspired to do this by some folks that I saw when I was in Berlin. Mm -hmm. I went to a cool little market where there were artisans selling their work, and there was a, a, a small vendor that was selling Im, uh, earrings similar to these. Yeah. And she was also selling, there was another vendor selling um, like satchels that you can put over your bike handles to carry things made right. out of recycled tubes repurposed tubes so like i said this is really an international movement yeah and there are tons of people doing awesome work i'm so glad yeah. okay so we we already have a friendship yeah because we just are cool because, like that yeah <laughs> but you got to start back how did you meet me and and how why did why did you decide that you were going to get up on your saturday and come hang out well uh why i got up to come here is easy <laughs> because like you said <laughs> <laughs> like CT, you and I, we met, and I feel like we just immediately connected and yeah. had this this vibe that is really special and hard to find for me. Like really hard to find with people where we just immediately like have things to talk about and yeah. could talk for hours. I think we met through my work at the city. Probably, I was trying to remember. Um, uh, you were doing work um, with some folks. I think that I was working with in sustainability. Yeah. And when I started talking about my interests and and sort of talking about where I wanted to go down the road, yeah, before the making well was even conceived of, like it, I hadn't even thought about starting my own business. Someone said, "You need to meet C.T. Anderson." <laughs> and we got maybe with, we went to Earl's Grocery, I think, yeah, and yeah, had that's coffee. Exactly right. Shout out to Earl's, we love Earl's. Okay, yes, indeed, <laughs> we do. Earl's, you need to be on this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we met once, and then just kept meeting up and chatting and like it's been cool to see spring clean come to fruition and yeah. you starting this podcast and simultaneously I've been working on my own projects and there's a lot of intersection between our work I love it and yeah. you have on a sweatshirt from a state that Minnesota. we share Minnesota <laughs> indeed Minnesota yes um so I was talking to James earlier because James um is here from Carolina I believe no I'm actually from New York originally. okay but you've oh. been here for a very long time about 20 years wow. um but yeah, Alex and I both uh, grew up, or at least she grew up completely. I grew up part of my time in, in, in Minneapolis. Yeah. And why and didn't so. you not go to University of Minneapolis? University of Minnesota. I actually oh, did Minnesota. go there okay. um, my senior year in high school. Okay. Um, there's a program called post-secondary in the, mm -hmm. the state of Minnesota where if you're done with the high school classes, you can take college classes. And I actually did that, thinking that I would go to the U. Mm -hmm. um, and then I realized, no. <laughs> At the time, I think there were 60,000 students there. There were or probably, I think there were more like 40, now. It was like 40,000, 40,000, 40,000 full-time and 20,000 part-time students. Oh yeah, it's wild. It's it's huge. Oh, my goodness. It's like a whole city. I absolutely city. Felt, like a, felt like a fish in the sea. People said I would, and I did. 
Yeah. It's wow. also such a cool place. I mean, I feel, I also always feel a special connection with people from that area because yeah. it's, I, I've talked about this like exhaustively, but it, uh, the culture there really in, informed me yeah. and the way that I sort of like move in the world and, and inform the work that I do. Yeah. So, yeah, he was talking his organization, Outdoor Afro, the organization that he's a part of, Outdoor Afro has chapters all over. And I told him, I was like, well, I'm from Illinois and Minnesota. And I was like, actually, both of those places have probably have leaders already. Like, I'm not worried about it. Cause <laughs> when it comes to being outdoors, it's just a part of yeah. the culture for the, that Absolutely. part of the country, yeah. even though it's cold, you figure it out. They, yeah, they figure it out. I never did. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's what my brother says. <laughs> Uh, Because he also lives in Charlotte. Shout out to Christopher. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing another cold winter like that ever again. (laughs) I don't mind it so much. Although recently I was in Connecticut hanging out with my cousin um, who owns Paint with a Twist in Hartford, Connecticut. I have to shout him out because he's just an amazing person who has an engineering background, but he's also an artist. Cool. So he's bringing those two things together. Um, his name is Stefan Richman, if you're wondering. Anybody in Hartford, Connecticut, go see Paint with a Twist in Hartford. I'm going to do that. Totally. Yep. Anyway, I was talking to him, and I, well, I was hanging out there, and <laughs> it was so cold. And then I don't think he realized that we went for a walk as part of, you know, he was showing me the, the downtown district. The whole time he's showing me stuff, I'm usually very engaged. I'm a really good listener. Mm-hmm. I just kept thinking, I want to get back in the car. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm <laughs> cold. And I had on my layers. Like, I know how to layer. And I was like, dang it, I lived in the South You've too long. Too yeah, long. <laughs> Well, before here, I lived in Arkansas. Oh, wow. So yes. I've been in the South for a long time now. Yeah. Like, my blood is thinned <laughs> out. I can't it even has. hang. So anyway, but so when did you, you said you're from New York? Yes. And when I did actually you? moved from Sweden. Oh, so you know the cold. Sweden. Yes. yes. Cool. I, I had a job there for, and I was there for a little bit. And a lot of people, when I say, oh, where'd you move from? Sweden. First thing they do is they're like, there are black people in Sweden? <laughs> well, that's like when people say there are black people in Minnesota. Although <laughs> now like, they don't say that anymore. Yeah, but right. then they definitely yeah, it's, probably. It's, it's hilarious. But yeah, it is cold, but you you actually do change. I mm-hmm. It was so funny. So the first winter I was down here, I was like, okay, there's no winter. When's the winter coming? Yeah. And then the, then the summer came, and I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's so, so hot. hot. Yeah. <laughs> and then after two years, I went back home to New York to visit. My, well, I go home often, but I was home in New York during the winter. And I kept telling my parents, are you guys going to turn the heat on? They're like, <laughs> I'm like, it's freezing in here. <laughs> like, it's on 70. I'm like, it's not. It's cold. Yeah, yeah. So- yeah, so our next segment is brought to you from To You Laundry. This is our flop to the top segment. And To You Laundry is the new way to do laundry and dry cleaning. Now with the simple text, you can have your dirty clothes picked up from right outside your front door, cleaned to your exact preferences and returned in one business day. Perfectly cleaned and folded. Toyoulaundry.com. But what's one lesson that you would tell little Alex growing up in, mm. in I can't remember if you're Minneapolis or St. Paul. Minneapolis, well, twi- uh, actually Minnetonka, Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so just but down the street. Actually, That's Minneapolis. Why <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's down the street. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, yeah, okay, anyway. What would I tell my young self? Yes. What lesson that you've learned? I, ca- I usually call this segment flop to the top. 
Um, and so what flops have you made on your journey to being at the top? Mm-hmm. And you look at your six-year-old self. My lesson that I share um, in an episode previously was radical honesty. Mm. If you're honest with yourself and honest with others, then the world will just be a much better place. I so. like that. Sure, it might what be related to what I was about to say, but I didn't. I wasn't going to call it that. Okay. Um, I, I think it's the simple anth- answer is authenticity. Okay. Um, I think, like throughout my life, from a young age through college, and until probably the past three years. I think I really struggled to figure out what was authentically me. Right. And um, kind of floundered a lot through different spaces as I sort of let other people's voices and opinions and the world around me push me in a million different directions. Right. And that wasn't always external sources doing that. It was also me just not understanding um, like what really drove me and not being focused. So I think I would tell my younger self to just really like be comfortable in my own skin and okay. be comfortable in what makes me excited and to understand that it's okay if it's different. Right. And if I don't see anybody else around me walking that same path. Yeah. I think for a long time I held a lot of insecurity about um, this like perceived uh, sense of being alone in something. Yeah. Um, and just uh, really, like, kind of struggled with with that, the reality of, um, like, how lonely a leadership journey can be. Yeah. Um, I talk about that a lot with peer, you know, my peers who are leaders in their respective fields and mm-hmm. how, um, it, you know, sometimes, like, when you're out there doing your thing, <laughs> it can be really lonely. Yeah. So... And then you meet people and you connect and you create a whole new set and of... The, yeah, and then like that always reminds me of why I'm here and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And in the same breath, it gets less lonely along the way as I meet people who are really authentically doing what they are meant to be doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. that. Um, one of the things that I've shared with my audience is that uh, my religion has done that for me, has always reminded me to get back on track and mm-hmm. lead with love. Mm-hmm. I happen to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and there are a lot of things that I learned growing up that I probably don't hold on to. Mm-hmm. But the things that I hold on to are the things that are true to his life mm-hmm. as a man and as a leader. And so loving others, treating others as yourself, being honest, those are all lessons learned from, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. And we have a great example of someone who did that right here on earth. Yeah. So I'm just grateful. Do you know, do you have that same kind of spiritual connection with the, maybe it's organized religion, maybe it isn't, Mm -hmm. that you're willing to share with us? Yeah, and that, absolutely, that's ebbed and flowed itself throughout my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say right now what's become clear is that uh, what drives me is, is just love. Okay, I like that. And not just love as in like the love between myself and my friends or my family or my partner. It's this like collective love. It's love as the thing that brings people together and binds people together. Right. And maybe it's best called radical love because it's like really centering myself on on that. Um, and some people might, call what I'm talking about something else. Like yeah. they might um, 
sort of ascribe a representative figure to love. Yeah. And that spans different religious practices. Of course it does. So I don't have a religious practice that's labeled or a spiritual practice, but um, I absolutely uh, believe in something that explains things that we can't explain. Right. Yeah. And love is definitely one of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so excited. I also like sports. And so in the Super Bowl, when they had a commercial about love, I was like, yes! They had a commercial about love? I didn't watch this year. I'll have to look for it. Yeah, I'll no. Google it. I forget which, and that's so sad. I remember the love part, but I forgot what company it was. That's not sad. That's actually great. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing. That's I think we thing. should celebrate that. Um, <laughs> but that's something, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to start this is because I would meet people, those who looked like me and those who didn't, and we would have a connection, and I couldn't explain why we had that connection, but it was because that base love for humanity, mm-hmm. care, creation care, caring for people and everything on the planet. Absolutely. You know, and so to hear you say that, whether you ascribe a person to it the way I did or not, mm-hmm. it's still consistent. And James and I talked before about how um, most major religions, Judaism, Islam, Christianity, all talk about the same thing. Yes. <laughs> And so yes. it's a consistent theme around the world, no matter where you go, absolutely. no matter what language you speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, James, I'm just going to ask you really quickly, because you can go long. We're going to keep you short here. Oh, my gosh. What would you share as your flop to the top? I am almost a mirror of what you just said. So I'm an engineer by trade. Okay. If I had to do this again, I'd be a park ranger. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late. Right? It isn't. Uh, well, here's why it becomes too late. <laughs> Economically, you get used to something different. Yeah. And that's the reality. As you go, as you grow up, money becomes an issue. Because that's you correct. spend to your level. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had always spent to the level of, and I don't want to say, I mean, park rangers make good salaries. Yes. But you have to get used to it. And you have to be near a national park. You have to, li- there are all these things other than money that you just would not normally think about. I wouldn't have gone to school to be an electrical engineer, I would have been a microbiologist. Right, right, right. But I didn't know that until I was 40. Got it. Because what happens when you're a kid? Go to school. Get a good job. Get Mm -hmm. a good job. Stay there (laughs) until you retire. Yeah. Be miserable until you get your Social Security. (laughs) (laughs) That's the underlying thing. I don't think anybody ever says that out loud. They don't say it out loud. (laughs) But that's why when you hear little kids, and this is why I love little kids, Mm -hmm. what do I want to be? I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman, right? I want to fix the world. Yeah. Then at some point, society says no. Right. Mm -hmm. Where do those little children go when they're 20? Well, we're opening it back up. Absolutely. Everybody who's a part of the creation care movement is a little kid. Absolutely. And you can imagine and be whatever you want to be. Absolutely right. And I think we just need to have kids be open and let them just find their way. Yeah. And And adults as well. And adults as well. I truly, truly believe when we talk about the system does this and the system does that, Mm -hmm. the system is made up of people. Mm -hmm. We are all people who can change the system, Mm -hmm. one person at a time. we got three people right here who are willing to change the system. And all the people that are listening to this. Absolutely right. So that's that's a plug for you to share this with your friends. Absolutely right. I'm going to. Send this podcast link. We're building a movement. (laughs) Woo! Yeah! Be yourself. I'm going to let Alex, I'm going to let you wrap it up, but I want to just talk through a couple of themes. So... 
in one of my posts, I talk about radical honesty. You just mentioned radical love. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying not to be radical, but it seems like it's keep pulling me back in. So be radical. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm trying to stay middle line, you know, be more conservative, be more, you know. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but just then I don't want to scare people. Mm, I think Decisions. we should scare people. Yeah, but it's not a scary thing. <laughs> I know it's not. I it's mean, not. it's not a. We're not making anything up. I don't mean scare. I think um, mm, it's about challenging norms. Yeah, and I think the work that we're doing is so. The work that we're trying to do is so big. Yeah, that it can't be done without making people uncomfortable. Yes. Sure. Now that is very true. But I just I, I kind of interrupted your question though. But that's okay. I I didn't forget it. I want to ease people into mm -hmm. it, you know, because sometimes when you talk about saving the planet, when you talk about saving the world, when you talk about healing, it gets so overwhelming, and the average person's mm -hmm. like, "Dude, I just want to go work, go mm -hmm. home, watch my Netflix, re relax a little bit." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we got to break it down. Which leads me to my question. Mm -hmm. Based on what you do and the work you're trying to do with Making Well, connecting with me and Spring Clean and this whole creation care movement, what's one simple thing that we can leave the listeners with that they can do? Mm. Earlier, I think I said it, and I, I'll say it as a response to this question, which is being imperfectly perfect. Okay. So breaking that down, it looks like starting small wherever people are comfortable. Okay. So I don't know if I have, maybe you're looking for something more specific. No, whatever you say is fine. What I'm thinking about is, um, like, I've been having a lot of conversations lately with people about recycling and how confusing recycling is, which is totally true. It's so confusing. It right. keep, the industry keeps changing. But if folks um, commit to recycling plastic correctly that's one small step right. like maybe not diverting everything that they throw out to its highest use but just one item so that's like an entry point into building a movement right. that's making change but then i can take my answer in a totally different direction i'm probably saying too many things but i also think um like it's election year i can't help but bring this to like a political point which is I'm not going to advocate for a certain candidate or another but just voting yeah that is one thing people can do this year to vote for whoever represents their um, interests or passions or what they believe in mm -hmm. like going to the polls on March 3rd for Super Tuesday and then going to the polls in November it's just one thing and start there okay yeah we went all the way I mean, you and James both. I, I guess I should just let go of control when I have guests because y'all just going to open and wide open. CT's trying to be all nice and make everybody feel warm and fuzzy. Okay, I'm down with it. Yeah, I mean, it can be warm and fuzzy and, and bit, like, big. Yeah. I don't know. I saw... I saw Angela Davis this week at UNC Charlotte. Nice. So I'm in a big mood after that. Oh, right? my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but we already had the whole Black Power thing <laughs> with James' interview, so oh we can come God, back to that. It was not that. <laughs> it was just an awareness of what's going on in the world. And, and it, think, it's appropriate. Yeah. And I think the point that you're making, and I think this is really, really appropriate, is voting mm -hmm. understand but understand what you're voting for mm -hmm. check out places like the sierra club nature's place find those things that are important to you right and then vote 
and don't listen to what's on TV. Figure out what's important to you. And yeah. don't be led down a path that's probably not to your best interest. Sounds that's good. That's a big yeah. issue. I have a warm and fuzzy okay. addition. We're going to close it out with the warm Absolutely. and fuzzy because that's just my thing. I okay, love go warm ahead. and fuzzy. Go ahead, Alex. I think um, the three of us are sitting here. What brings us together is the environment. Yeah. And it's connected to many other issues, yes. but that's at the center of it. And I, I think everyone has something that they're passionate about. And so a way to create change on a massive scale, like positive change in the world centered on love, yeah, is for everyone to um i think really figure out like what drives them what is an issue or a series of issues that they're really passionate about and dig into that yeah and it can be it can be simple it can be attending an interest group yeah you know if someone really is passionate about um like food access yeah find find like-minded folks and just connect with those people that's a really it seems like a small step but it's a huge step and then can lead to so many other things okay so Sounds good. This has been wonderful. Thank you both for being a part of my first time with two guests. Yay. We're just expanding and growing. (laughs) And uh, happy Black History Month still to everyone. Um, Alex, even though you're not black, you still managed to bring it in home. So thank you so much. (laughs) I love it. We are consistent. I love it. Again, Alex Alcorn from The Making Well. My name is C.T. Anderson. We also had James Smith from Outdoor Afro Charlotte. And you can find me at CT Creation Care. Please find me on social media there, or you can send me an email. Let's connect at creationcareworldwide.com. Thank you all so much for joining. I'm very blessed. Amen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.